Have you ever wanted to be more superhuman? Are you ready to contribute to the future of humanity while well, you're in the right place? Join Michelle and AJ now for the Becoming Superhuman podcast. You'll be glad that you did. So for those of you who have just missed our first um, uh, panellist, our first speaker for today, um, it was amazing. Uh, Jennifer Longmore uh, joined us all the way from Canada. It was an amazing kickstart. We also started the day with a meditation uh, and we will be doing meditation every morning um, for the remainder of the summit except for Sunday. Uh, and we really encourage you to join us uh, on that each day. Yes, it's been phenomenal. Jennifer was amazing. If you're not already a member of the Facebook group, make sure you go and ask to join. It's all free. Uh, the Facebook group is called The Superhuman Summit. Make sure you put the the in front, The Superhuman Summit, because this live streams into there each day. So if you miss Jennifer's, you can go back and watch it there. And remember to register for the speakers along the way as well, because when you register, you'll get um, a reminder and also we'll send out recordings in about a week or so. So it's a great way if you don't get to watch live um, that you can watch later. Hi to Graham and Warren who are watching in Facebook land. Greetings. <laughs> um, I'm online with the delicious human Stephen Barkley <laughs> and I'll hand over to him because he's facilitating me this time. So thank you, everyone, and, and welcome from wherever you are in the world. And thank you for taking time out of your schedules uh, to join us on the Superhuman Summit. I'm sure you will find it extremely beneficial. Uh, it's my great pleasure to introduce to you, AJ. I've known AJ for over 20 years. Uh, we worked together uh, many years ago in the healthcare sector. And uh, we've stayed in contact ever since, done a number of projects together. And a, a few things that really inspire me about uh, uh, AJ. Um, one is that whatever she says she's going to do, she does it. Uh, she's very true to her word. Uh, she's probably one of the most courageous women uh, that I've ever met. Um, and uh, what underlines everything that she does is her integrity. And she's done a lot in her life over the last uh, couple of years where she's really shifted um, the way she sees the world um, and she's really chosen to transform and change her perspective. Uh, so today she's going to be uh, talking to us about um, stop pivoting and start shifting. And it's interesting in the, uh, the last uh, speaker that we just had, um, for her, she was talking and Jennifer Longmore was saying, well, it's not about pivoting. Um, it's really about staying in your lane and diving deep. So uh, a couple of housekeeping things as we go along. If you've got any questions, please use the Q&A um, uh, function down the bottom, uh, or you can also put it in the chat. I've just put up uh, links to uh, AJ's website and um, to her LinkedIn um, so if you're not already uh, connected with AJ, please uh, reach out to her. So, so what is it? What is this shift all about? What is the difference between pivot and shift? Oh, thank you, Stephen. And thank you for your beautiful intro, as always. You're such a gem. Um, I am going to share my screen a little now, and I just want to check that people can see that. So maybe you can check the chat box and that people can see my screen now, Stephen. 
Yeah, just let us know if you can see AJ's screen. People can see the screen. Um, and hi, Michelle, who's watching on the live stream. So yes, um, we're all good okay. Great. So, yeah, I wanted to talk a bit about, and it was great hearing Jennifer this morning as our opening speaker, tuning in from Canada, talking about not necessarily pivoting, but really thinking about amplifying, she was saying, amplifying your message and what you're about. And I couldn't agree more. And so I want to share with you a little bit about why I believe that's important. I also want to begin with an acknowledgement, though, of the traditional elders of the land on which we're gathering don't know if you can see the world map behind me. Human power is all about bringing global communities together, bringing people together and recognising the importance of the global goals that have been developed by the United Nations with input from people around the world. We truly believe that this is a time where it is for us to come together as one and when I look at that globe, I see no borders. You know, I just see humans who are doing the best they can do with what they know. And so I want to pay my respects to our traditional elders and owners of the land. We have so much we can learn from those who have lived in tribes and have gone long before us. Um, so wherever you're tuning in from around the world, take a moment to um, just tap in and tune in to whomever are the traditional custodians of the land that you're on. So these are indeed strange times, right? They are strange times and people um, say they're challenging and I'm like, I'd rather think of them as unique or strange or just interesting. Um, you know, we've really seen the pandemic bring lots of shifts for us and I think what it's revealing is a need for us to really take well-being more seriously and of the planet and we're seeing some results of that already just from there being less activity going on but also really importantly of our own well-being. Um, and so I'm going to take you through a few ideas and concepts around that, but I'm really open to the chats along the way. And Stephen's going to help me by facilitating and tuning into the chats. So don't be afraid to jump in and chat and I can stop the presentation at any time. We can go deep into anything. So I really think it's time for us to be alert, not alarmed. It is time for us to think about shifting, not pivoting. We hear so much about pivot and that businesses need to change radically and people need to do everything differently. And I'm like, there are always cycles in life and in the environment and in humanity, right? There's the um, planet itself has cycles. There's always cycles. And so just like this plane, if you think about it, a plane only needs to make a few degrees shift and it could land in a whole different country over a period of time. And so it's not the time necessarily to do knee-jerk reactions or reactive things. I think it's time to go, where do I want to go in future? Where do I want to stake my claim? And to just start making incremental changes, to start starting to, uh, I guess, improve in the areas that are most vital and most important to you. And so it doesn't need to be radical. We have to play a long game, not the quick, short game. And that's kind of a shift in perspective from what we're hearing in the media and everything that's going around. And I think what the gift of this time is, it's invited us to slow down. And if we want to speed up, if we want to be more, have more impact, um, and as Jennifer was saying, amplify what we do, we have to slow down first. We have to start going within. We have to really come back to what's important. And COVID's actually been a gift for so many people um, along the way of doing this. Are there any comments or questions at this point, Stephen, or am I good to keep going? Yeah, good. You're good. 
So um, I kind of uh, have come up with a model called the 10 degree shift, which is all about doing less and being more, right? Doesn't that sound appealing? (laughs) Um, And it doesn't happen overnight. And for many of us who might be A-type personalities, this can be super challenging, right? It can be really hard, that idea of slowing down or of doing less because we've become human doings. And when you think about it, we're human beings, so we need to learn to be more. This is a golden time to be doing just that. And I have this saying that I say to a lot of my clients that are rushing, rushing, rushing and A-type personalities, achieving and doing all these things, that only rats in the rat race. And what race are you running? And is it really where you want to be? You know, have you been climbing the corporate ladder perhaps and you've got the ladder against the wrong wall? Um, You know, how do you start to just be more? And there's this beautiful quote by Gretchen Rubin that says, what you do every day matters more than what you do once in a while. And I think the challenge with them talking about pivoting all the time is that's a one-off thing. And that's not what builds resilience. It's not what makes us sustainable as humans. It's not what makes us thrive and survive. So it's more, what's your daily habits? What are your daily practices? What are you doing to shift who you are in this gradual way? A bit like water going down a stream, creating a new path. And I know Stephen is my co-facilitator here practices this very well he you know is a a meditator who's meditated for years as well and who has a lot of daily practices that support who he is Um, I've been on a journey over the past few years to do just that myself and it's only probably been in the last three years or so that I've really started to form solid daily practices that give me the support that I need in order to do the things I want to do in the world so I've got a question for you, and you well, are welcome Heidi, to put something in the Q&A box. Yeah. Yeah, so whilst uh, just asking people yeah. um, from your previous slide is what are your daily practices to facilitate mm. your shift? Let us know. Yeah. What are the things that you are doing? Pop them in the chat box. What are your daily practices? And also what kind of future do you want to create? And I'd like to uh, make you think or encourage you to think 10 years out. And if you think about it, and I'd love you to comment in the chat boxes and Stephen can let me know, what were you like 10 years ago? So did you live in the same place or did you live somewhere else? Was your hairstyle the same or was it different? You know, 10 years ago, what did that look like for you? Um, Were you in the same relationship? (laughs) What are some of the things? What kind of music were you listening to 10 years ago? Where did you work? What were you doing? What are some of the things that are being said, Stephen? And um, feel free in the Facebook groups too to chat. Um, Fleur, Fleur is saying meditation, gratitude, affirmations and vision. Beautiful practices, Fleur. Um, what I'm running after is Ram. Uh, what is important now and in the future? What am I running after? Uh, that's the question he's asking. Yep. Yeah, right. Feel only on a daily basis, cutting out the clutter is always a challenge as it's as it hazes what really matters. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael and is know, meditation. Meditation. I know for me, cutting the clutter mentally, spiritually, physically has been a challenge in my path to more minimalism, simplicity, doing less and being more. Um, and I began with physical things. I think that physical layer is sometimes the easiest. So I began with cleaning out my kitchen 
and I put everything in a box in the laundry and then as I needed something I'd go and get it out of the box and if I had to get it out of the box it meant I needed it and so I keep it and put it in a drawer but I started with my kitchen as a blank slate and then I brought stuff back in and what I learned with minimalism is it's less about what you let go of and it's more about what you allow right who do you allow in relationships what do you allow in your environment and space what thoughts do you allow in your brain so that's been part of my path in this doing less and being more um any other comments Stephen? or shall i progress oh i think he's muted himself yeah yeah we've got from loretta uh, living in a state of creation staying focused embracing fun and joy um, wow. And Nicole, 10 years ago, I had most of my pie focused on working, very limited self-care. I've completely shifted that now. Congratulations. Now I meditate, do yoga. Yes, we decluttered and provided space for better things in life. Wow. Faith is morning meditation, quiet time and reflection. Um, Ram, valid points, letting go, new things coming in. There was somebody else that I missed later earlier on, but I... I get goosebumps hearing from you all. That's beautiful. Thank you, Fleur, and um, everyone who just commented, Ram. That's amazing. And Nicola said earlier, I like to set up my day that when I go to bed so I know what I'm going to be doing the next day. Right. Okay. So setting a nice clean slate and letting your brain um, work on that overnight. And also it gives you peace of mind that my day is ready and you can rest and let go, right? Beautiful. Um, And so thinking about that 10 years ago, where were you focused on the career or whatever it was? I think Nicole said that. And then thinking 10 years from now, where do I want to be? What kind of future do I want to create? Because I think what COVID's giving us is an opportunity to stop and reflect on that. And so as part of my work with company cultures and with leaders and people who are wanting to lead and help people shift and move through these changes, I've created this model called the 10 degree shift, which hopefully you can see on your screen and I will pop a link below in the Facebook group later as well. And so it has 10 elements, 10 areas of life that we can start making little shifts and changes that really bring about a sense of vibrancy and well-being and support us to just be. And these are based on a whole heap of research, lots of research of lots of other peoples as well that I've incorporated and imbued from my experience in working with leaders and teams and people. And um, in particular, I want to give a shout out and you'll see at the bottom, there's a lot that's been adapted from the Blue Zones 9. They have a power nine that they use. And so blue zones are areas and towns in the world that have the highest portion of centenarians of anywhere in the world. So people who live to be over 100. And they don't just live, but they live well. Um, And one of the things that's not in my model, some of you may be disappointed, (laughs) but is in the blue zone model is uh, a glass of wine a day. (laughs) There were a lot of centenarians who did swear by a glass of wine a day. Um, not myself, but some of you might go, great, that's maybe the 11th edition you could add into this model. But the model um, really just has these beautiful 10 elements, which a lot of people look at and go, they're so super simple. And it is, right? This is not rocket science. But as um, I think Nicole said in the comments, starting to learn that self-care again and coming back to self And so we're going to work through some of these, but really they're all about, number one, move more, number two, to stress less, 
Number three, to eat more plant-powered food and plant-powered as well in your environment. So have more plants and greenery around you and eat more of that. So closer to a vegetarian diet. I'm a vegetarian myself. I know Stephen is. I'm not saying that's the only way, but just to have a high proportion on your plate of plants because it means you're eating live prana or live energy and food. You know, it's given to give you energy. Um, Less out of a packet, shall we say. Number four is growth mindset. Number five is clarity of purpose. Um, And that could be for you, for your family, for your community. Number six is straight talk, which is interesting, which is to be a truth teller, to tell the truth to yourself and to tell the truth to others. And that doesn't mean to be harsh or harmful, but it means to actually start stripping away what are the unspoken ground rules or maybe the falsities that I've been telling myself or the excuses and to let those go. The next one is shared values. So to find people who believe what I believe and to surround myself with those people. There's so much value in being with people who have shared values. And that's why Stephen and I are still in touch after over 20 years. We actually worked together um, on a values project years ago in health, didn't we, Stephen? I don't know if you want to comment on that and just how purposeful that was. Yeah, one of the things that uh, we discovered when we were doing this, and this was a quote that came from one of the healthcare professionals, when we got them all down to have conversations about their values, and one of them said, this was her words, that she discovered that the things that we have in common are much stronger than the things that set us apart, Um, and that they were working with people that they hadn't worked with that they had been working with for 10 years but had never had a conversation with them around their values. Yeah, right. So when we do have conversations on values and there is research to show that when you just have a conversation on values, your resilience and your immunity increases. Increases, that's right, just from talking about it. And so values are kind of like the glue in the engine and it might be just in your family having shared values it might be in your close circle of friends and I always say even as a business even though we do things like this in human power online I'd rather have 10 genuine people who are in the community and joining and sharing that have shared values than have a hundred thousand followers that do not yet there's more power in finding that connection we have together, the commonality and being that glue in the engine. Then there's tribe vibe, which is kind of in a similar vein, but it's really about how, what kind of vibe do we have? How positive are we? How supportive and uplifting are we uh, of each other? Do we have each other's back? Um, And I just published a book, literally it came out on Friday called Daily Optimisms, and it's contributing to Got Your Back, Sister. They're a brilliant tribe, a charity who looks after women who have left domestic violence. And I love being part of that community because of the tribe vibe, because they give each other a high five. There's no cattiness or jealousy and competition. It's a genuineness. Um, The second last one is family first. And I think COVID's really given people an opportunity to think about have I been sacrificing in some ways my family and what's important to me? And family can be whatever that is to you. It may not necessarily be blood relatives. I know for me, um, my brother's just returned to Australia from America, so it's lovely to have part of my family back home again and close. Um, But also my parents are, you know, ageing and requiring a lot more support in their senior years. And it's 
so super important to have that space for family or it might be your children and your homeschooling right now. Um, and for companies, it's really important for leaders to think about, are we family friendly here at work? And I don't mean do I allow parental leave, you know, once a year or do I occasionally let a staff member go to a school assembly? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about deeply embedded and integrated. Are people's families actually the most important thing? Do you support your staff to have a good, rich family life? Or do you expect them to be emailing at 10 p.m. at night when they should be having their family time? How do you support that? And if you look at a lot of the Scandinavian countries and places like Denmark um, around the world, I think there are a lot that we could learn from some of those cultures and the Blue Zone cultures that are doing this really well. Um, and there are a lot in the Blue Zone cultures where family is very integrated, where the elders spend a lot of time with the young people and the youth and the children, and they're very integrated in the way they live together, play together, um, work together, serve together. And then lastly, the last element is community counts. And this is where we get to give back. It's where we get to serve. It's where we get to be part of the community that we live in. And that could be, again, a local community that's geographic. It could be your communities online. I mean, this Human Power um, Superhuman Summit is a, a mini community that's come together for a short period of time, around eight days, right? So it could be any kind of community that you value. It could be if you are really an environmentalist, that there's a community of people you're joined with there. So we want to start thinking about what are some 10 degree shifts that allow me to contribute a little more and to support others. You'll notice it's right at the end and you'll see that in the model, it begins with the individual. We have to do the work for ourselves first. That old adage of in the plane of put your mask on first before you help another, we must start cleaning our own slate. You know, I think of my daily meditation as polishing the mirror that I look in, you know, wiping it a little bit each day. <sighs> Fogging it and then wiping it down. We have to start polishing from within and thinking about who am I deeply? Who do I want to be? Who am I when I'm being my best? And really work on that. Then we can start co-creating and working with others. So that's a little bit about the model. Um, so, are there any questions or anything on that, Stephen? Give me a thumbs no, up. No, or yeah. No, no questions from the um, uh, audience, but a question from me. Uh, so are you suggesting that with your 10 different items that it's one degree on each um, or I say more, whatever? Or maybe 10 degrees in each kind of thing or whatever, but small incrementals. So in move more or stress less, it might be just what could I do to bring some more incidental natural movement? And the Blue Zones really proved that a lot of the cultures and the centenarians, they didn't necessarily go to the gym and go hard or run a kilometre or two every day. You know, it was more that they did lots of incremental movement and they actually found a lot of their houses were not convenient, if that makes sense. So they didn't have remote controls um, and they might have to climb a little ladder to get something off a shelf and they would squat down to, to wash or do something. So they had lots of incidental movement. So for us, it's thinking, what are some small habits I could do? So it could be every time I go to make a cup of tea, I get down and I do five push-ups or 10 squats or something like that. And often stacking a habit with something you're already doing is really helpful. Squat a clock. Squat a clock. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so 
Jillian uh, has a comment. Um, I want to feel good rather than look good. One of the hardest shifts is this one AJ spoke about, polishing the mirror and looking at yourself. Mm, it is, and you might even have something you want to add to that as well, Stephen, because you've spent your life doing this as well, so feel free. Look, I think that um, one of the biggest things for me is is giving. So it's a balance between when I find that I'm giving to others, the feedback that I get in those situations gives me a reflection, um, enables me to look at myself, enables me to see myself. So looking at yourself is not necessarily navel-gazing. It's doing things that enable you to reflect on yourself as much as it is um, opportunities for silence and solitude and you know, digital free Sundays and, and things like that, they all help um, and not filling our life with lots of things that creates more noise. Um, but not forgetting that when we do things for others, uh, it gives us a reflection back about who we really are and it helps us move forward. I agree. And I think that that silence and going within is what really helps. And for many of us, that's uncomfortable in the beginning. You know, we don't want to lean into that silence um, or the voice and the things that come up. But also the more we're feeling fulfilled and cleaning the slate internally, the more that starts to show up externally. So even though you're saying, I don't want it to be about how I look, you'd be amazed how much when you start cleaning from the inner that people start saying, wow, you look vibrant, you look radiant, geez, you seem happy, you're so centred and contented. And so the external actually starts having a response to that cleanliness on the internal. So the lighter we are within, the more that lightness shows without. And I think the more able we are to be discerning, to have boundaries, to be healthy and well in our engagement and our relationship with others. So Journaling might be a nice way to start that or just finding 10 minutes a day to sit in silence. 10 to 15 minutes a day of meditation is equal to three hours sleep, they say, from a neurological perspective. So really starting to get comfortable with the silence or even noticing and observing, and that's one of the things with growth mindset number four, is to just start observing what are some of the little chit-chats I've got going on or is there something that I beat myself up about and go, oh, you're so stupid, you always do that. And so just to start observing and to hold that and to observe it without any judgment. And our next speaker after me later today at midday, Charlotta, will talk a lot about that. She often says, dear little human, which is have compassion for yourself. Oh, there I go again with that beating myself up, right? So Just start with that. Start with observing one thing a day or one thing a week. I often ask a question or observe something before I sit for meditation and then I just notice what comes up and I don't judge it. I just go, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so how do we clean the slate without getting caught in analysis paralysis, which is that, you know, the, the, the danger that we have, particularly if we're doing it um, we're a bit of a novice at it or we don't do it so often so what's the balance there I like to remember that scientifically emotions only last in the body 60 to 90 seconds and I love knowing that because I go if something keeps playing 
right, on my mind. And when I do sit to observe, this stuff keeps coming up. If it's lasting longer than kind of 90 seconds, then I've intellectualized it and I've turned it into a story and I'm not holding it out there. I've brought it in and I'm now playing and starring in my own movie. (laughs) And so I even think to myself, oh, there you go again, you're in your movie. Um, and so it's that catching it. It's learning to catch it and go, there it is again, you know, and you might catch it 20 times in a, in a 10-minute meditation. That's okay. Tomorrow you might catch it 19 times. So I think it's that not being harsh on yourself and also trust that in meditation it is the one time our brain is in flow. So left and right brain work together when we're in meditation and we have perfect synchronicity and we're the only species on the planet, unlike most animals who get in flow, say, when they're chasing prey or they're doing something natural, we can do it at will. We can sit and choose to meditate or to be in that state. And when we're in that state, everything's in perfect synchronicity and our body is in its healing state. So it rests and digests. It begins to heal itself and it naturally clears the slate. We don't have to do a thing, not a frigging thing. We don't have to do anything. Just meditating and learning to build the muscle of meditation will start to clean the slate naturally. Yeah. Awesome. So thinking about that, what will your next 10 years look like? I've got a couple of options for you. So have a look on the screen. Would you like it to look like this or like this? So if not, move more. Would you like it to look like this or like this? Right? Again, move more. Would you like it to look like this, calm and centred or stressed? So that's stressless. That's starting to find daily practices, little shifts that I can make to stressless. What about this or this? So clear purpose and having an idea of what we want to contribute for ourselves, our own life, our family is what soups us up and gives us energy. And Jennifer before me talked a lot about finding your passion and really amplifying that. Having a growth mindset will really support you to shift out of that um, locked-in thinking. And this is what helps you clean the slate, is being willing to grow every day, which means I don't know all the answers, I'm not perfect yet, and I never will be, and accepting that. You know, this or this, which of those meals looks more appealing to you? (laughs) Now, there might be some hamburger nuts out there. Um, But I think, you know, the salad, when you look at that, your whole body just goes, oh, that's alive and vibrant and colourful. This or this, you know, do you want to have great communication with the people you work with, live with, your friends, whatever, where it is open dialogue, where there's genuine trust and honesty? Or do you want to be involved in gossip? Um, Jennifer talked about that as well in the previous call, about that's not helpful. There's a lot of people on social media right now just sharing lots of things that aren't helpful um you know if you've got nothing nice to say as they say don't say it at all just don't partake in that stuff how do you want your tribe to be do you want to be a loving kind tribe which is what we hope to be here and um have the intention to be in human power or do you want to be competitive you know do you want to be fighting over the scraps so to speak there is an abundance here in this world we can be and have anything we like so long as we're willing to share and be a co-creator in the planet. You know, what do you want your community to feel like and be like? 
like that, a community that comes together around something valuable, or do you just want to be another commuter on the road that no one actually knows your name or who you are or where you're from? And if something happened to you, would your neighbours notice that they hadn't seen you for a few days? You know, that's often what they found in the Blue Zone groups that even, especially in places like Okinawa in Japan, when they're born, they're actually put into a group. So, and it's usually about five or six people, the same age as them, born around the same time, usually gender-wise. So, women matched with women or girls with girls and boys with boys. And they stay as a group for the rest of their life. Yeah. And so, usually they connect at least every week they see each other. They're in their same village normally or they connect every day. And there were people that they interviewed that were in their 90s and 100s that had met with their little group of five or six every day for their entire life. And so that was a safe place to share their very real feelings. You know, they couldn't get anything past someone that saw them every day of their life. Um, And so that tight-knit community is what also supported these people to feel valued and heard and loved. You know, do you want your life to be more family time or do you want to really be in a fluorescent box in an office where it's devoid of life? (laughs) Do you want to have a tribe? And this is some of my leading ladies tribe, a tribe of women that we're now over 100 strong who have worked on um, building their brand together. Or do you just want to work alone? Do you want to be isolated? You know, um, often with social media and even during COVID while we are locked down, the tendency can sometimes be to go isolating ourselves. So we have to find our tribes and communities. And so as the comment from Nicole was saying earlier, I believe we don't have a healthcare problem, we have a self-care problem. It's time for us to start loving and nurturing and having compassion for ourselves for us to begin there, to start the shifts in a small incremental way, not beating ourselves up and thinking they need to be big radical changes. And it's really mind over matter because 80% of who we become comes from what we think in the beginning. So what we think about, we bring about. I can see Stephen thinking. Does he want to say anything? (laughs) Um, And I have a question for you all. So what does it feel like to thrive? What does it feel like? Who's ever tapped into that emotional feeling of thriving? And do you want to share for a minute, maybe if we jump in, what does it feel like to thrive? I'd love to have some interaction with people around that. And are you heading in the direction, in the right direction for you? Is there anyone jumping in and wanting to comment, Stephen? Yeah, it's coming. Yes, we've got uh, Loretta saying pure joy. Um, Charlotte is saying at ease and excited about life and living. Um, It feels like bliss. Wow, they're beautiful. Beautiful. Um, And I see there's a QA and a popped up in the chat box, but I didn't see what it said. Is it something I need to answer right now? It was was just Charlotte saying about the the 10... uh, degree shift model that it was a lovely model oh lovely thank you and so we want to start thinking about do you need to make a shift are there some areas that you go you know what I would like to polish you know my mirror a little bit more there and so that's what I'm encouraging change doesn't happen overnight it is small and steady and anyone who's ever turned something around in their life will know maybe there was a decision you made initially but then usually it's just that I show up every day. You know, for me, it's I make my green 
smoothie juice kind of thing every morning where I have maybe eight vegetable servings in that and I drink that every morning. And in the beginning, I had to add apples and pineapples so that it was sweet enough for me to drink it. But now I don't need those because my palate's shifted and I miss it. If I don't have my green go-go juice of a morning, I so miss it because it means I'm having prana, live stuff straight away. So it could be for you, it's kissing your children or taking your dog for a walk. It can be anything at all. But what is it that you need to start doing and making the shift to do daily? Because it's all about daily practice here. So think about all of those 10. And I'd love you to share in the chat boxes, is there one area where you go, yeah, that's an area I'd like to make a shift. And perhaps you're willing to commit here in the public forum of this group of going, okay, I'm going to make a shift, say, in my straight talk and I'm going to, you know, reduce the amount of gossip magazines or something or the amount of television that's not helpful that I watch. So I'd love people to share in the chat box what's one of these 10 areas that you'd like to do something in. Make it small, like make it something sustainable, something little that I could do every day, yeah? So don't say I'm going to run a marathon, please. But you might say, I'm going to walk up the stairs next time to my apartment instead of taking the lift. Could be something like that. Anyone coming in with some of their, are they willing to commit, Stephen? Have we got some committers here? <laughs> oh, I can't hear you. Muted. I think Steve? We've got, yeah. yep, we've got Angel that says clear purpose. Um, we've got uh, Michael, plant powered, um, straight talk, community counts. Uh, Ann is move more, exercise. Um, Phil is family first. Ram is developing a clear purpose where I'm helping myself and others. Uh, And it's going so quickly I'm losing people. Um, We've got uh, Mahuba uh, will wake up early in the morning with clear purpose. Faith, um, move more, clear purpose, tribe vibe. Yeah, I got that too, Faith, yep. Uh, Charlotte, like the idea of the juice, even though I love my homemade muesli. Mandy, (laughs) move more. Fleur uh, is more verbal communication and engagement rather than just being online, yeah. Yeah. Nicola, uh, on a daily basis, will probably look at plant powder as a small shift to start with. Congratulations, Nicola. And Arne yeah. is, right, uh, a lovely comment from Arne. Hello, Alexandria. So lovely to see you're still inspiring and helping everyone to be their best self. Is that Arne that's involved in art galleries and that I did an Arts for Health program with at John Hunter? That's super cool if it is. Tell me if she says yes, Stephen. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. So lovely to hear all your comments. And thanks, Faith and um, Charlotte or Charlotte and people who have been sharing. It is really about yeah. just the decision. Is it her? Yes. Oh, hello. Hi, Anne. Hi, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> How lovely. Um, and so it is, it is about going easy on ourselves. This is not a time to be hard. And as we heard on our first speaker today, you know, Jennifer said there's a lot going on energetically in the world right now. And so we have to be prepared that our our resilience might be down a little, you know, that our actual physical energy and, and spiritual energy might be down a bit. And so really go easy on yourself, but just think about what's one small commitment 
and make a commitment to yourself and then keep that. That's the most valuable person to start making commitments with. And all I've done with a lot in my life, and as Stephen said, I've shifted a whole heap in my life, career-wise, family-wise, you know, relationships, my own truth to myself, my health, everything. And it's all been tiny incremental shifts. People say, well, what do you do? And I'm like, it's not so much about what I do. It's about who I'm being. And it's about being and making choices. So I could pick up a muffin every morning and I could choose to eat that, but I look at it and go, how much live you know, juice is there in that? Is it going to give me what I need in order to thrive and survive? And so it's just starting to make little choices. It might be one glass of wine less a week or one glass of wine more, but red wine and very in moderation. <laughs> so, you know, here's some ideas. You know, it could be just moving more. Um, it could be, I know for me, what shifted a lot, I already walked every day and have uh, all of my life, pretty much. I just started to add in some hills, actually pushed and challenged me a little bit more. And that so was just adding in a couple of hills a day, you know, it's a little shift. The positive mindset and happy approach. It might be that you have some challenges with your appearance. And so what could you do to focus on something else that's good that you love about yourself? Perhaps it could be just gratitude. You know, the old idea of three gratitudes daily and thinking about those and particularly writing them down and even sharing them. And I find also having gratitude for others, for self and others. So writing down three things I'm grateful for three things I've done that made me proud of myself today that I, you know, followed through on my commitments to myself. And then often three things that I really admire or have appreciated in others. And I think it was Faith said before doing more audible or audio kind of face-to-face chats and those sorts of things. I know I've started thanking people or sharing what I'm grateful for. And I do that in a little voicemail message instead of just a text or something. And so they get to hear your voice and that your genuineness is there. And I had one yesterday back from someone, Lisa, and she was like, wow, it's so nice to hear your voice. So it could be just a simple shift like that. There's um, a CEO of a company that was in America for many years, and he was CEO for about 30 years. And he wrote something like 20 thank you cards a week. For the whole 30 years until so much that every employee in his company had had at least one, two or three cards or handwritten notes from him as a CEO and they loved him and trusted him. So it could be a simple thing like that, right? Um, Or like many of you said, more pure water and plant-powered foods. So just thinking about what I bring into my environment is what gives me the energy to do what I do. We can only get our energy from the sun, from the air, the water and the food right and from the people around us so we need to just think about what are we doing in that environment Um, and so my purpose in someone said they were looking at their purpose is to accelerate an evolution of a more conscious world I truly believe that we can shift this planet and it's through those gradual shifts and changes that come about on a personal level. If we shift personally, then the whole of the world shifts. There is so much research, and David Hawkins, if you want to look him up, David Hawkins and his scale of consciousness, he's done so much research into what our frequency is, where we're vibrating, and how much that can have an impact on the world. There's also a lot of research done around heart math and also a lot around people who are um, like Buddhists, um, Tibetan monks who meditate daily and the frequency and the radiance of their heart can be measured 
well outside their body. And you know it when you meet someone and you get a vibe off them where you go, oh, I just love that person. They're so juicy, right? We get that sense. And so think about what am I doing just to become more conscious myself, more enriched myself, because it will help change the whole planet. Um, there's also these beautiful sustainable development goals. Did you want to jump in then, Stephen? You look like you wanted to say something, but I'll keep going. <laughs> The sustainable development goals, 17 goals that are all around supporting our world become a better place for everyone. Um, and I know for me in particular, I work a lot in the area of number 11, which is sustainable cities and communities. Most of what I do and why I live in a tiny house and um, are conscious of my consumption from an actual um, perspective of what I um, use and consume, but also from the perspective of how I act and be and work with others comes from that goal. So thinking about what's the purpose beyond just me as well is really helpful. Um, And so I thought I'd quickly share a couple of photos of my tiny house. So that's her. She's called the Joy Box. (laughs) And you can check her out on that website. Um, And it truly has been a joyful journey of letting go of my stuff. And I don't know if we get censored for swearing, but I really did dump my shit. As they say, (laughs) I let go of so much stuff in the process, but what I've brought in has been magical. You know, what I've allowed, I've allowed delicious humans. I've allowed myself to co-create a journey that now is meaningful to me. And you don't have to do this. You don't have to go and meditate in a cave. You don't have to let go of your belongings. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just going work out what's right for you, what's most important to you, what you love, what lights you up, what you're passionate about, and then start making tiny incremental shifts towards that. So that's kind of what I wanted to share about stopping pivoting and start shifting. I, um, What I might do, and I will share... Um, There's some links there for people to do things and what we'll do is we can share those later below and we can share them out. But I'd love to turn off that now if that's all right. Let me see if I can stop sharing and just come back to chat for our last sort of 10 minutes before we jump off. Um, Yeah, so questions or anything we've got? So thank you so much, uh, AJ. And uh, if anybody does have any further questions or comments that they'd like to make, uh, please make it in the Q&A section or the chat box. Um, So some of the sort of main take-homes that I got, um, AJ, was I guess really what was popping out to me was you're talking about the shifts, um, but central to it was cleaning our slate. Um, and you were connecting it all um, to those shifts of the cleaning of the slate. And there were different ways in which you had suggested that we could clean our slate. Mm-hmm. Um, one was around uh, journaling. Um, the other was around the having the growth mindset um, and the willingness to grow. And um, what, what I noticed you talking a lot about was particularly how your meditation practices helped you in being the observer. Um being yes. the observer of what's coming up on the screen of your mind and not so much identifying with it. And then the underlying feeling that I got from that was around acceptance, mm. uh, that the more the, the more we have um, acceptance of what's going on around us physically but also what's coming up on the screen of my mind, um, that's helping me actually clean my slate Um 
So that was interesting because I saw cleaning the slate as a central bit and all of those shifts was helping us clean our, uh, our slate. And it actually um, just made me think of, this is the little book that just got published. Lovely. And one of the quotes in that is perfect for what you just said, Stephen. And it's this one. Oh, I don't know how I can show it. It is what it is, a Rooney yes. quote. Yeah, I think that's what really helped me is just going it is what it is and not to try and change everything but to accept, which requires a level of detachment, which is not easy, yeah, a level of detachment, of not feeling like I have to control everything. And I think for a lot of us we get that perfectionism disease. We, you know, we get connected into I have to hold everything so tight and um, I have to control everything and be everything to everyone and that's not always helpful and supportive. Um, and so I think tight and right, when people are holding on and wanting to be perfect, they've got to be right and, and it's all tight. Um, tight mind, tight body, tight soul. And so your digestion won't work, you'll injure yourself, right? Mm. Your conversations and communications end up tight, you know, snappy and sharp and instead when we can release and let go and detach and just be okay and soften and that's probably the biggest shift I've had to make in my life is to soften to allow and the more I soften and surrender the more we all do you know the less likely we are to bump into pointy edges the more likely we are to be a cushion of goodwill for each other and to you know, have soft relationships to allow our body to do what it's meant to do, um, have a softer mind around things, not hold so tight. So for me, that's been probably the biggest shift. So you're spot on picking that up, Stephen. Yeah. Um, and do you find, just a question for you, that your process of of learning meditation over the years has helped you with being the observer, the detached observer, the witness? of yeah. what's going on and less sort of reacting and more responding? Has that Meditation practice helped you? is like the, the biggest key for me in lots of ways and has really supported my personal growth and development and continues to and will forever because we're never done. Um, and in the beginning, I was tight and right. <laughs> so in the beginning when I started learning to meditate and practicing meditation and I still sometimes wear it but I wore a Muse headset so a Muse headset which registers and measures my brain frequencies and would tell me and give me biofeedback about when I was in a meditative state or when I was busy mind and those sorts of things which was really interesting because it meant that even in meditation I was trying to be right I was trying to do it perfectly and um, there's no perfect way I think what it helped me do, though, is it gave me feedback and allowed me to know when I started to get into a natural state of meditation, it would give me biofeedback. So it makes little bird noises when you're in that state, when your brain frequency is in the right level. And so then I went, oh, that's it there, lean into that. So that was helpful in some ways because other people who meditated couldn't tell me what it should feel like or what would be going on in my mind. Um but it's like anything, it's a muscle. When you use it every day and you just start practicing, and that might be just going for a walk. It could be a walking meditation and just noticing and going, today I'm going to notice everything I smell. And then another day I'm going to observe everything I see. And then on another walk, what do I hear today? Just focusing in on one sense. What do I feel? 
noticing one's sense is in a way mindfulness and is in a way an access to that meditative state. So um, I think it's just that general practice and it naturally starts to help you detach. And now I'll often ask a question before a meditation. If I've got a challenge or something going on in life, I'll be like, right, I want an answer to this in my meditation today. And I almost never get it. I'll get something else pop up and I'm like, okay, that's obviously what I needed to know today. And then a week later, bang, I'll get an answer to that question from last week. And I'll be like, oh, right, there you go. So I was obviously ready today. <laughs> so we have a, a friend from our friend Marlon. Um, uh, AJ, can I ask two or three things for a person who wants to detach to start with, say they are in a stuck state or feel like? So your suggestion there about your meditation and just learning to be the observer of what your senses and slowly building up on that muscle? Absolutely. And I think also Marlon, and I, I know who Marlon is, and he's an exceptional businessman and runs a big team and tribe. One of the hard things is also when we've been the problem solver a lot and the person who everyone turns to is switching that off. Um, and so I started thinking to myself in meetings and things, why am I speaking? So I just played a tape in my head, why am I speaking? Why am I speaking? And thinking, is it really adding value? And so I started to just bite my tongue a lot more and to go, I want to be the last person to speak in this meeting. And I would play with that myself. So I'd experiment and people would look at me like, what's going on? Because I was always talky-talky. And I'd sit and think, I'll be the last person to speak. Why am I speaking? And even that in itself allowed me to listen to the self-talk and start to detach and just notice and go, wow, I really talk a lot out loud and to myself. Like there was a lot of chit-chat. And so can I lengthen the gap? Can I just make some more space? So that's a shift because slowly, slowly you became more aware and the more aware you became, the more aware you became. Mm. yeah thanks aj so we're coming up to the closure um and we'd like to thank everybody uh for being on board um and for taking time out of your day uh, to join us on the human superhuman summit uh so that's two down and uh 38 to go uh and also to welcome you every morning for the next um seven days except seven eight days uh, except for Sunday, from 7.30 to uh, 7.40 to 7.50. Yeah. We'll be doing a meditation every day. Um, so tomorrow's uh, meditation, we have um, Carmen Warrington, um, who will be joining us. And uh, so we're very welcome to join us. You can either join us via um, AJ's Facebook Live um, or registering. And coming up next, uh, we have uh, Charlotte, uh, who I also know, and she'll be talking about your inner MBA. And what I'm finding so far is how each and every speaker is building on the next, and I'm sure it's going to be a gradual progression. So really encourage you to attend and um, join in on as many of the speakers as you can. Uh, Let your friends know about it um, and let your connections know. Yeah, and remember to register because you can get the recordings later. Thanks, Mandy, Christine, are great. I know she's a meditation teacher, so she loves that we're beginning each day with meditation. And really, it is our gift to you. All the speakers have given their time free to help uplift and raise the consciousness of 
all of us here in humanity know that when you join those meditations in the morning, the ripple effects of those are going far beyond just you and your home, as Stephen said this morning. And um, even if you could just hop on for that 10 minutes a day and listen to some of the other speakers later, I really believe it will help set your day and it will help you begin that daily practice. Maybe that's the shift that you need to make this week. Yeah, and there's two more things, quick things I'd like to acknowledge. Uh, Michelle Crawford, um, who is the co-organiser of the Human sure. Summit, um, mover and shaker behind and uh, doing a lot of background stuff. So, Michelle, thank you. Um, and also we had one quick question. We may not have time to answer that now, and you can do it in the Facebook um, page. It's from Faith. How do you find your vibe tribe? Um, so quickly, Faith, I'd go back to, again, knowing your own values. So know what your values are and what's important to you. And then even when you're communicating and meeting people, talk from a values perspective. Talk about the things that are important to you. You will mm. find people who share those values. They're your tribe. You'll know. You'll know straight away because they believe what you believe. Yeah. Great. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining. Um, Thanks, and Stephen. Looking forward. Yep. Thank you, AJ. And awesome. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Join the conversation on uh, Facebook Live um, and any comments that you liked about the session, just join uh, AJ's um, Facebook page and share it with your friends. Um, the recording will be there. Awesome. Thanks, Evie. I just saw you were on as well. Bye, everyone. Have a great day. Hop on for Charlotta's in an hour's time. Bye. Brilliant. Thank you.